Welcome to Two, Two Queers Walk Into a Church. My name's M. I am a tattoo apprentice and a behavioral therapist technician. And I am not a virgin. <laughs> Who are you? My name is Dom. I do social work intake for a opioid clinic doing harm reduction. And I'm also not a virgin, whatever that means. What a salute. so with that introduction we are going to be talking about purity culture today virginity and how that relates to people of faith and people who are queer so let's dive into this what are the ideas of virginity and purity that have been placed upon you Mm -hmm. as a young dom (laughs) as a young dom Okay, so let's start with, like, the concept of purity and, like, what it, well, what we were taught that it means and all of that. So the concept of purity that I was raised with essentially is that as an AFAB person, well, okay, let's start with this. All, All people are supposed to wait until marriage to have sex. Yes. That's what I was taught. Yes. Um, But there was, like, a special, you know, onus on AFAB people to uphold that Mm -hmm. and make sure that they stayed pure, so to speak, for their partner, their husband, specifically. Yes. (laughs) Not just their partner. Not their wife. How dare you? No, 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 no. It had to be for their husband. And your role was to, like do, you know, stay that way for the person that you were going to marry. And it meant that you were, like, a virtuous woman of God. And that made you somehow better than people who did not do that. It made you a better Christian. It made you just a better person in general. It made you closer to God. It would also make you closer to your partner because it meant that you didn't give parts of yourself away to someone else. Uh. (laughs) ketchup mustard and water mm-hmm. thing yep. yeah so that was kind of like the definition of of purity and a lot of times it was explained to me that like your relationship with your husband wouldn't be as special if you have had sex with other people that it was like less important there would be less of a connection if other people have got to, like, have that intimate experience with you. So it was kind of seen uh, seen as, like, your marriage was almost, I don't know, what's the word I want to use? Doomed? Yeah. Because your connection would be doomed? Well, because you, you don't have a full puzzle. You have pieces of your puzzle right. missing because you've given that to right. your previous sex partners. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the, like kind of like foundational stuff that I was taught as far as like what purity is and what it stands for. Yeah. What about you? Ditto. Mm -hmm. Loved all of the youth pastors that would Uh have everybody. I have not, I don't think anybody did this at my church or the churches I've been to, but it's either you take a cup of water, a bottle of water or whatever, and everybody spits in it. Mm. Like, everybody goes around and spits in it, and they look at it, and they're like, do you want to drink this? Or they do the same with, like, ketchup and mustard, and, mm-hmm. like, that's not necessarily passed around, but it's, like, they, the youth pastor or the pastor up is, like, up on the pulpit, and 
has like the cup of water and he's like oh great cup of water looks delicious you know whatever and then like squirts like ketchup in there and mustard and throws other like condiments or gross shit in there and then mixes it up and he's like who wants to drink this and of course everybody's gonna be like no yeah that's that's gross and he's like this is a vagina that has been pulverized by too many penises (laughs) and is therefore so far away from god and it's always it's always it always goes back to the to the afab or female people Mm -hmm. in in the audience Mm -hmm. or whoever is listening to the speech it's never really pointed at men no because you know obviously men are upheld in the church and women it's the women's responsibility to be pure and to keep themselves, you know, chased or whatever, which is, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, why wouldn't you unload the gun <laughs> instead of wearing a bulletproof vest? Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame the bulletproof vest for the fact that I got shot. Why wouldn't you just unload the gun? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just, it, AFAB and female people are over and above, were always targeted in my church circles mm-hmm. when it came to virginity and... Yeah, basically just, I was told from the very beginning, you know, you need to save sex for marriage. You need to save, like, if you can, save kissing for marriage. Mm-hmm. I know people who've done that. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know people who kissed for the very first time on their wedding day. That's, that's wild to me. That's crazy. So crazy. I would kiss all of my friends if I could. Yeah. <laughs> what the on the lips. <laughs> but yeah, it... I remember going, getting signed up for purity camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go to camp, and then you can put all these middle schoolers who are all fucking horny mm-hmm. in, a, in a, like, a group and then talk about how shameful their urges were yep. and how you needed to have a seven-step plan for when you see a girl in booty shorts. No joke. <clears throat> this was a thing from... I did need a seven plan. Seven-step plan for when I saw a girl in booty shorts. It was literally, like, this one guy tried to, like, explain it, but there were too many steps, and he forgot them, and he kept going, wait, no, wait, hold on, let me think about this, and I was like, I'm not interested. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's, like, and this stuff is, like, hammered in, like I said, as young as middle school. Mm -hmm. Like, you're already shaming these children who are just learning about their bodies, or who haven't learned about their bodies yet. Mm-hmm. And you're shaming them for wanting to experience their bodies, wanting to figure out what they like, what they don't like. Shaming them from being safe about sex and only teaching abstinence. But yeah, it was ha- it was hammered. I don't know if this was, because you came out as queer very young. Mm-hmm. But like in my house, when I hadn't come out as queer yet, it was very much hammered home that... I would be a very big disappointment mm. if I had sex and therefore would have children right. outside of marriage. Right. So Yeah. So, like, my mom always said that we should wait for marriage to have sex. And she continued to, like, say that for, for a very long time. Like, until we were, I don't know, like, teenagers. At You know, at some point we started, like kind of like challenging that and I remember that the the, re- the reason why we started like having conversations around it is because my mom would say the same thing you know like she, she never really said like that we would be a disappointment but it was like 
you know, you, it was the wrong thing to do. It was the wrong thing to do, and it was like a, it was sinful. So you, you just don't do things that are sinful if you can help it. But I remember, I, so my mom always told us that her and my dad were married when we were born. And then one day I realized I was in their Liza wedding Manelli. pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I was in their fucking wedding pictures. And so was my sister. And I was like, Mom, I just realized we're in your wedding photos. So you had us before you were married. Why do moms lie to us Why when it's they? very easy to figure lie? out that they're lying? I don't know. <laughs> like, so, there's evidence. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I lied to you. And I was like, well, why'd you do that? And she was like, well, because I wanted you to wait until you were married to have sex. And I was like, did you think we were never going to, like, fucking figure it out? Like, we were never going to notice that we were in your wedding photos? Like, you didn't think that was going to happen? Yeah, so we, yeah, we had a lot of those, like, same conversations. But I will say that, like, once I came out as queer, those conversations stopped. (laughs) Because, yeah, well, yes and no, because it was, like, part of it was because my mom didn't think that, like, I would ever get married. Mm. And I think part of that had to do with the fact that, like, at the t- I, you know, her and I have had, like, conversations about this as in, like, now as I'm an adult, but back then, I don't think that she believed that queer people should get married. So I think that she didn't know how to approach talking to me about those things, because in her, like, mind and in her heart, she didn't think that I should ever get married. I She believes differently now, but back then, that was definitely, like, why those conversations paused, because she still had those conversations with my sisters. Mm. It wasn't at that time that she had a change in those beliefs. And I, to be honest, I don't even think she believes that now. Like, I don't think she believes that you have to be married to have sex now. Yeah. I think that she believes that you should be in a committed relationship. And, you know, she has all of her thoughts on being equally yoked and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, the the conversation did stop for me at one point because she didn't know how... To, like, approach it. Same thing with sex in general, though. She talked to my sisters about sex. We never talked about sex. Mm. Ever. Because she didn't know how to, like, have that conversation with me. Hmm. Yeah. My mom talked to me about sex when I was seven. Really? Yeah. I don't remember asking her, but apparently I was pleading with her to tell me about (laughs) sex words. (laughs) And by then I, like... uh, I'd seen things, so I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get, that kind of makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. I figured that, or whatever. So she equipped me with this knowledge at the ripe age of seven, and then expected me not to, like, do anything with this information. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, well, now that you know how it works, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, I think that, like, so, okay, so let's think about, like, from a, like, from a church perspective... Were there any, like, like, I can think of a lot of, like, weird power dynamics that I experienced because of purity culture. Like, people who were, you know, who were virgins, who didn't participate in, you know, sexual, well, who in said penis they and didn't. vagina. <laughs> they, the loophole! Yeah. If they didn't have penis and vagina sex, then they were, you know, considered virgins and they were, like, better. Mm -hmm. or holier or 
you know, whatever. And the people who did have sex or, like, do things of the sexual nature were considered, like, less holy or less Christian or whatever than those people. And I feel like, especially, like, in, like, youth groups, there was a lot of, like, weird power structures that existed because of that. Yeah. And I always felt really strange about that because, well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but also I didn't know where I fit in because I was like, well... I'm not having sex with a penis, but I am definitely fucking a lot. Like, I I am definitely having sex. But to them, I wasn't. But also, I was having gay sex. So, like, there was, like, a weird twist of, like, you're a homo, but you're also, like, I don't know. Like, I never really, like, knew where I stood in that weird place. Yeah. My experience was just the fact that, like, I just had youth pastors that just, they must have been so repressed because it was just, like, whenever we got, we, it came that time in the year to talk about purity and all that stuff because it felt felt like it was scheduled, like, once a year we're going to talk about this. Like, I had youth pastors that, I I have a visceral memory of one of my youth pastors being like, I love sex. Yeah. And was just, like, exclaiming about how much he likes sex. And I was like, okay, so you're telling us how much you like sex. And then you're telling us not to do it. Mm -hmm. You're telling us how wonderful it is. And then you're telling us not to do it. Mm -hmm. You're telling teenagers what a wonderful time something is. And then you're saying, but don't do it. It's the stupidest logic of my entire life. Like, at least come out the back and say, it's not that great. Mm -hmm. Or something. Lie about it. Lie about it. This is the situation where we want you to lie. Yeah. But it was just, it was very odd, and, like, again, going back to that camp, like, there are a lot of times where the girls were spoken to about mm-hmm. how they needed to dress and how they need to conduct themselves, and the guys were absolutely not spoken to at all, aside from, like, don't lust after, which, telling a teenage boy not to lust <laughs> after another human being that they have their eye on is, like, trying trying to keep butter solid on a hot day like it's mm-hmm. stupid it's stupidly impossible yeah and it it was just and it and it was just really awkward because like especially like at my church my church was a seeker friendly church so we had people that had quote unquote fucked up and had come to find the lord mm-hmm. so there were these people who were like i felt like were being forced to be shame ashamed of their past and it's just, why Why do you need to feel shame about something? Like, as long as you didn't hurt the person, and they didn't hurt you. Like, why, why, like, they would, like, because, like, some of the youth leaders would be, like, dating or whatever. And so they're like, all right, this is a perfect opportunity. You tell everyone that you guys aren't having sex. Mm-hmm. Which, like, 90% of the time, they were. But then they had to go around and tell pe- all these young teenagers, yeah, don't have sex. Yeah. I don't have sex. Definitely. I yeah. don't. And you shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, it's a weird power dynamic, mm-hmm. like you said. Very. And I, I, okay, so, like, obviously all of this is rooted in, like, patriarchal bullshit. Of course. Because most Christian values are rooted in patriarchal bullshit. But also Christianity couldn't thrive without shame. Like, yeah. it straight up just could not thrive without shame. And, like, that's what most... Okay, I don't want to say that, like, 
most Christian values are rooted in shame, but most of the, like, religious Christian values, you know, not, like, spiritual values, but, like, think like, religion, man-made religion is rooted in shame. It all yes. of it is. So it's, like, when you, when we were taught these things, there has to be a shame component to it, otherwise people won't do it. There mm-hmm. has to be, like, consequence. And if there's not a consequence, then people aren't going to do it. And if people aren't going to do it, which we've talked about this before then there's no control. And if there's no control, and you can't, like, tell people how to live their lives, then people don't know how to explain God. Because for so long, we've explained God as this, like, you know, omnipotent presence that gives you consequences for not following his law and order. And if you don't follow his law and order, you don't get to go to heaven. And so the only way that people know how to make God make sense is by making sure that everything has a component of shame to it because they don't know how God exists outside of that, which is really sad. <laughs> it's yeah. really sad and really unfortunate that people think that, like, they have to feel shame and, like, hurt and go through these, like, really hurtful processes to feel close to God, to feel like they have a relationship with God. I have to have trauma to be able to relate to my creator or Correct. be loved by him. Correct. Which is fucked up and awful. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of the reason why a lot of people want nothing to do with religion. Because that's terrible. And, like, who fucking wants to feel that way? And if I'm going to, like, literally commit my life to, you know, God or whatever, Christianity or religion, however you want to look at it, why would I want to commit to something that just makes me feel bad about myself? Yeah. All the time. That's why so many people want nothing to which I get it. I also want nothing to do with that. <laughs> but that is, I mean, that is what, how Christianity thrives is by making people feel ashamed. So it's like, it's hard to, it's really hard to unlearn that because it's, it's everything we were taught. Mm-hmm. It's everything we were taught and everything that we will continue to be taught, even as Christianity has progressed, like, Shame is still very a very important component of making sure that people behave a certain way. How do we unlearn that? How do we undo that? I don't I don't know. I think that that's like a personal journey for everyone specifically, but as a community, I I don't really know what that looks like honestly aside from like completely deconstructing people's faith. Yeah. And how do you do that in a group? Because I I, I personally think that that's like a, a personal journey. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's, I mean, there's so much like sexual trauma and like sexual violence that comes from the church and most of it's rooted in all of this bullshit. Yeah. And we like excuse a lot of it because it's viewed as you know, loving someone. Because if you tell someone, oh, well, don't have sex before marriage, because then that means you can't go to heaven, that's you, like, showing that you love them. But really, you are doing so much damage and hurting so many people. And so many people, like, have experienced trauma from the church that they, like, are... They're, when they actually start to have sex... They're, like, traumatized. They, because they think that they're doing something wrong or dirty. And then they're, like, 
married and they waited all this time to wait to have sex. And then they're like, well, it's not like a switch. You can't like flip a switch on and off. If you're taught that something is shameful your whole life, then you finally do it. You're not going to just like not all of a sudden think it's not shameful. It's still going to feel wrong to you. And I feel like that's what I've heard from a lot of people who like did wait to have sex. And I don't know, like, I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of this stuff, but I'm just, I'm just rambling at this point. No, I love it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I have a, I have a friend where she has had a really hard journey with her straight male husband going down on her because she was taught that her vagina was the source of seduction and that P and V is the only sex and that any sort of any any act that's classified as like not baby making sex or something that could be considered as like masturbatory sex is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so she's like I'm with a loving husband who wants to do this to me, mm-hmm. but I can't. I don't like it. I want to like it, but I can't mm-hmm. because I've been told my entire life that this is dirty yep. and that that I shouldn't be taking pleasure from sex. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. It's just, like, women not only are, are AFAB people and, and people who who are female, like, they, they've been taught that there there should be no pleasure and that they shouldn't experience pleasure on their own and that when they go to actually have sex for the first time i mean 90% of women don't reach climax from p and v sex anyways mm-hmm. so it's like they don't know what to do they feel like they're broken the husband is having a glorious time obviously because they've been blessed with somebody who's let them put their penis in them mm-hmm. And, and then the woman is like, well, I guess this is what sex is. I've waited all this time and it's awful Mm -hmm. and now I don't want to do it. And it's just like, if, if there was more education and more, yeah, just if there was more education and just like discussion behind like sex, like sex is supposed to feel good and you're supposed to explore, you're supposed to figure out what you like and what you don't like, because why would you commit your life to somebody having not figured out that very integral piece of intimacy mm-hmm. between two people mm-hmm. or however many people like you you've saved this this whole time like what happens like even just like biologically it doesn't work like you you've spent all this time like like being ashamed of like figuring things out and like biologically it doesn't work emotionally it doesn't work with like the shame factor and you've done yourself and your partner a horrible disservice for shame and for the you know the rules of religion and just I don't know it's just completely messed up to me yeah it's really fucked up people are literally being robbed of their pleasure Mm -hmm. because of something that we were taught when like we were growing up and continued into adulthood and Mm -hmm. it's it's really sad and it's really terrible I and you know I know people who not only have they like struggled to enjoy sex but they feel it it almost like it controls their whole life like I I remember I had a conversation once with a man he's a gay man and 
he was with the same man for, I don't know, like 15 years or something. Like, they were together for a long time. And he was like, I had to convince myself that anal sex was okay because I was always taught that, like, one, sex was for procreation, but also that when you're having sex, you're not, like, it's supposed to be because you love someone. And someone taught him that having anal sex wasn't loving because you don't look at each other. If someone is, like, behind you having anal sex with you, <laughs> yeah. they're not looking at you. Yeah. And so he was like, for a long time I couldn't have anal sex with my partner if he was behind me because I thought I was doing something wrong. Because Aww. he wasn't, like, looking me in the eye when we were having sex. And he was like, so then it made me feel like I was, not, like I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And he was like, obviously... I was doing it because it felt good, yeah. but I felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And I, and I've never, you know, I've never really had to think about that before because I don't, I don't really have anal sex very often, <laughs> <laughs> but it made me think about that. Like how there's all these like weird things that we were taught that maybe weren't a part of conversation, like super regularly like that, like something like that, mm-hmm. or just even the idea that like having sex a specific way was wrong. Like, mm-hmm. what if I want somebody to slap me in the face? Yeah. What, what if, if I, I want to slap somebody in the face? What if I want to choke you out when I'm having sex with you? Like, those are, like, perfectly normal things. Like, yeah. super fucking normal. But people that we have grown up with and people who have been, you know, fucking immersed in evangelicalism, we're taught that those are bad. Mm-hmm. And that those are, like, not signs of someone loving you. Yeah. Which I know is wrong. But those are things that, like, you know, they weren't talked about as regularly. But they were certainly implied and, like, brought up in certain conversations that the sex you were supposed to have is supposed to happen a specific type of way. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, also really problematic. Because then even when people start having sex... They feel shameful about the way they're having it and who they're having it with. And and then that even brings up a whole nother conversation around queer bodies and how queer bodies have sex and how they're not even mentioned in this fucking conversation at all. We're completely left out of, you know, this whole idea of, at least when it comes to, like, from a religious standpoint, queer people aren't included in those conversations. Mm-hmm. So then it's like you're leaving out an entire group of people Mm -hmm. on top of all the, like, other types of damage you've already done. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that you brought up the fact that the fact that we're supposed to have sex with somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. And that, because that's like a double standard. It's like, well, don't have sex. But if you are going to have sex with somebody, have sex with somebody that you love. So there's all this pressure. Oh, like, I love this person. Or, like... Do, if I have bad sex, does that mean I don't love that person enough or that person doesn't love me? And that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. It's like you loving somebody is an emotional thing and sex can be completely separate from that. And that also kind of like goes into like the whole like body count thing. Like people are very, very obsessed with how many bodies they have been in or around. And it's it's incredibly shameful. And that even goes into like the whole, into queerdom sometimes. There are some people that are very, very liberated and they have no problem 
being with multiple people or scores of people, however many. But there's still always, like, that weird, like, oh, well, like, she's a hoe or he's a hoe or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're a hoe. And they have sex with all these people. Like, as long as you are safe or you're using safer sex practices, why does it matter? Right. Well, but I think that also has to do with, like, our, like, our culture in general is, like, built on Christian values. Like, we just are. Like, we're puritanical fucking through and through. We just, Mm -hmm. we just are. So it's, like, even for people who are not religious or or raised in religion in those, like, in those contexts, those messages are still getting to them. Like, Mm -hmm those messages are still going to be like it's ingrained in our public school systems it is ingrained in our like the way we talk about things misogyny and patriarchy are a huge part of that so it's like Mm -hmm. that doesn't go away just because you're not in a church yeah because it's very very much a part of who we are as as a country as western civilization like that's just where we're at so yeah, those conversations around, like, shaming people and, like, sexualizing women and all of those things will continue to happen, mm-hmm. even outside of, like, a religious context. Which is also fucked up because, like, the sexualization of virginity is also a really mm-hmm. big thing. So it's like, what do you want? Do you <laughs> want Do you want us to be a virgin? Do you not want us to be a virgin? Like, obviously, the church says you need to be a virgin. But as soon as you step outside of any sort of religious, evangelical, Catholic, you know, any sort of, like, Christian, Judaic, like, society, then you're either shamed for being a virgin, which is totally fine if you would prefer to, to to have a low body count or a no body count. But then you're also sexualized as well. So it's like you can't... Like, AFAB people and female people cannot... We're just fucked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. And you're fucked either way. Because... And, like, it's also quite disgusting to see men in church do this with their daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a, a lengthy conversation with this guy who had his, like, I think his daughter was like less than five and he was like I'm not going to give my daughter to some man as and have her be used up and I was like that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard a man say like and I like you're you purity and virginity when it's held up so highly especially for for AFAB people or parents of AFAB people, if you do this, like, you're reducing your your child down to their genitals mm-hmm. and the quality or lack thereof of their genitals and your pride in their genitals. That's, that's... That's fucking weird. It's gross. It's so fucking Why weird. are you so obsessed with your child's genitals and why are you worried about what that will say about you as a parent? You and other parents should not be discussing your children's genitals. Mm-hmm. That's well, disgusting. This even goes back to, like, so, like, this shit is just so, like, ingrained in who we are as, uh, really as, like, it, the world. Like, it, this exists throughout the world, but 
like, specifically in, like, Christian contexts, but, I mean, literally back in fucking Jesus' time, when Jesus was alive, literally, the custom was if you were sexually assaulted, you're, you were to marry the person who, who assaulted you. Like, it says that in the Bible. <laughs> it, it literally says it in the Bible. And it doesn't say that, it doesn't say it like, um, it's not like promoting you to marry your, your, the person who assaulted you because they think it's like, it's not like necessarily like an ownership type thing, but it's basically like you're ruined now. So like you should just marry that person because no one's going to want to marry you is like the premise behind what it says in the you know the story in the bible says that it's like well that really sucks that that happened to you but now you know no one's gonna want you and you have to marry a man so you have to marry the person who assaulted you i don't know i guess that like notion still exists just in a more modern way yes i I remember um having i don't know if i was having a conversation with this woman or if she was talking about it during another, like, purity summit or whatever. But she discussed the fact that she had previously had sex with multiple different partners at different times. And she, becoming a a new Christian, was thankful for her new boyfriend, or her fiancé at the time, I think, that he accepted her with her damaged goods. And it was just like, why are you putting this man on such a high pedestal for doing the bare minimum of giving you the decency of a standard relationship? Mm -hmm. You don't think he hasn't fucked around? Mm -hmm. Like, and this guy, this guy was a favorite with the ladies of the church. Like, there's absolutely no way he hadn't gotten his dick sucked by somebody, Mm -hmm. at least, if not in fuck people. But she was going on and on, like, She's since figured it out and, like, is not in a place of shame. But, like, she was just like, I'm just so grateful that he accepted me and took me in. And, I, and like, that sounds romantic to a super naive brain, mm-hmm. super naive middle school or high school brain because sure. you're all about, like, oh, my God, love. Yeah. And but thinking that you you had to place your acceptance in somebody else and it had to be earned, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Yeah. How are you going to live up? That's like what the basis of your relationship is based upon. Like that's that's just like something that's going to be over you for the entirety of your relationship. Like, well, I accepted you. So you do this for me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very easily to be, to turn out to, like, be a power dynamic that is completely oppressive yep. to the person that has had, quote-unquote, too much sex. And it's really fucking manipulative. Yeah. It, like, it would, it would make it so easy to manipulate somebody if I'm like, well, you fucked somebody before, and that's gross. So since you did that, I get to treat you like shit. Because now you put me on a pedestal because I, like, will date you even though you've had sex or something like that. It's just, I don't know, that's, like, just extremely manipulative. And that also, like, goes into, like, divorced people. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, is, like, 
as a divorce, like I've been divorced before, am I now damaged goods? I thought I was. Mm-hmm. What is after I like, and especially going into like a queer setting where I was just like, I I want to date queerly. I don't want to date a cis man at this point. And I just felt like I was just like, like I was, oh, who's going to take me on? You mm-hmm. know, like who's going to take me on with all this sexual and like, regular baggage and it's just like but so fucked you're a person who's deserving of love and if somebody meshes with you and you guys have great sex awesome if that person if does that person last with you for the rest of your life maybe not Mm -hmm. but like you're exploring and you're figuring things out and you might have a great time you never know Mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah, no, that's a really good point. Okay, so my last question that I have is, what are, have there been any things that you've had to, like, overcome when you became a sexual being? Either when you were growing up, or even now, like, is there, are there, do you have any, like, things that, like, come up or, or have come up in the past? I mean, like, I kind of touched on this before, but, like, thinking that my genitals, as an AFAB person, were gross Mm -hmm. and that I like yeah (laughs) like I am the fact that I I shouldn't desire sex as an AFAB Mm -hmm. person growing up within the Christian church and the fact that I did desire sex was weird yeah and that I you must be odd because women don't desire sex that's men what's Mm -hmm. wrong with you why do you desire sex with multiple different people what like why why are you thinking about it i don't know that type of thing and having like trying to unlearn the idea that somebody who has a a child out of wedlock is stupid Mm mm-hmm I'm very ashamed to to admit that like that took a really long time, yeah, to unlearn. And I'm glad that I have unlearned it now because you know I have so many friends who are super awesome and they they ha- just happen to have kids and it's just it was either an accident or planned and who the fuck cares? It's not my business, right, right? You know. So, what about you? So I think that like my like the biggest thing that I had to learn unlearn I guess I should say is that like having sex as a queer person I guess it was hard for me to like especially when I first started having sex like I had to like convince myself that it was okay yeah I had to convince myself that like they're like that I wasn't doing anything wrong that was like really hard for me to to unlearn and then as I got older I had to convince myself that it was okay that I was having sex just because I fucking wanted to. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Retweet. I was having sex because I wanted to fucking get off. And not and it wasn't always with someone that I even liked that much. Sometimes I was just fucking doing it because I wanted to. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I was taught. Yeah. And that's not what I thought. For so long. I remember even thinking like when I was with my ex-girlfriend who was also deeply religious and ruined by religion and, <laughs> and we 
we had so I, we had so many conversations. I look back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that like we even like had those conversations because they're so shameful and awful. And like, I just it it like plagued us mm-hmm. because we thought that we had to like have sex a certain way and behave a certain way, and we had to like make up for the fact that we were two queer people having sex. So since we were two queer people, two queer people having sex, we had to make sure that we volunteered at the fucking church because it made up for like all the gay sex we were having like that's so sad and awful it's so fucking sad and I'm awful. sorry I'm laughing so hard right now <laughs> let's do each other but first let's put ourselves down for the offering next Sunday <laughs> we were doing both we were doing both <laughs> Oh, oh my God. goodness! I'm so sorry you felt shame about that. I I apologize for laughing, but it's, no, it's, it's just funny. Re- it's really funny. No, it's really fucking funny. <laughs> so I'm glad that I I'm glad that I got to like overcome a lot of that shit because that was like I I don't know I don't I don't need to like make excuses for being queer. Yeah, I don't want to make excuses for it. Like, obviously, I don't do that anymore. But like back then, I did. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of excuses, and I thought that I had to like behave a certain way, so that way I was at least one of the good ones. That's how it felt. It was like you had to be like one of the good ones because you were like fucking <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Bless for overcoming that. Oh my goodness. I yeah. I also like. I was just thinking up too. Like. I was so worried about, like, well, I had already taken my real virginity, you know. <laughs> Your real one. My real one. <laughs> and then I was worried about my my gay virginity as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's, like, like, that's another thing, too, I find that happens a lot in discussions. Like, well, like, if people are having sex with multiple different genitals... They're like, okay, well, like, what what about this virginity? Or, like, what about that virginity? It mm-hmm. puts so much pressure on the sex. And it's just, like, you are, you've already had sex with multiple people. But now you're so worried about, like, oh, well, what about the first time with these ge- set of genitals? Yeah. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Be safe. Have conversations. Discussions. If you're nervous. Mm-hmm. You know. Talk it out with the partner, research, like, figure it out so you're comfortable, and then have the sex. Yeah, have lots of sex. Have lots of sex, listeners. We want you all to be quite fulfilled. Yes. Many O's to be bestowed (laughs) upon you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Oh, my goodness. Virginity's not real. The only thing that needs to be virgin is olive oil. It was made up by some white man. Yes. To control others into believing in a hateful God. Yep. Yep. Which is not true. God put a G-spot in a man's anus for a reason. (laughs) Listen, I have thought about this a lot. Yeah. Not, not specifically the G-spot in the anus, but you are correct. I agree. But, like, just the idea that, like, do you think that God, like, God didn't make sex pleasurable because for any reason other than, like, you should feel good. Yeah. Like, that's what it, that is what it's for. It is just a bonus 
that you can procreate with some types of sex. Yeah, not the other way around. Not the other fucking way around, no. It just is a bonus that if you're that's something you want to do, some types of sex can lead to that happening. But really, sex is for pleasure. That's that's what it's there for. That's what it's designed yeah. for. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Yeah. So... God gave us, gave those of us who have them clitorises. Yes, the clitoris. Why, why would, why would a clitoris be there if sex was only for babies? Yes, correct. It wouldn't. It wouldn't fucking exist. It wouldn't. Glad we've got that figured out. Yeah. And then you research even more, and there's even more spots. It's just like this is a endless spots. Endless spots. All right, this could turn into. Uh, sex ed podcast. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else you'd like to add today? I don't think so. That was all of our questions. Those were all of our questions. Virginity should be reserved for olive oil. <laughs> That's it. Make sure you're being safe. Get on prep if you need to. If you have the ability to get birth control, do so. Be safe. And have all the sex you want. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Do whatever Slap you want, each other in the face. Fucking. Fist each other. <laughs> Put your penis in, in some hole. Put your and vagina around get something. Consent. Yes. Always get consent. Always. Maybe is not consent. Well, all right, is not consent. <laughs> you want enthusiastic Enthusiastic, consent. yes. All right. Our social medias. Yes. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Two Queers Podcast. Two is T-W-O, spell out the word podcast. My Instagram is hi underscore I'm Dom. Hi has two eyes. It's also my Twitter as well. Correct. And speaking of Twitter, you can also find us on Twitter at Two Queers Podcast, but the two is the number two. And then you can find me at Emily Craig Art. Emily, well, you know how Emily is spelled. Craig is spelled K R I E G. And I on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you have a wonderful week. We hope you have lots of sex. And we will see you in the new year. Here's to hoping that 2021 doesn't suck ass like 2020 and not in the pleasurable way. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Or the, it's very easy to. Oh my goodness, that is so loud. <laughs> Stop rolling. It's, my gauge just. Oh out. shit. I'll get it in a second. Okay. <laughs> is my cat playing with your gauge? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna grab it. It's yeah. probably like stinky. He's like, yeah. <laughs>